everyone. My name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today, my friend John is back on the podcast and we're talking about the movie Crazy Stupid Love. Hi, John. Hello, Michelle. It's been a while. Welcome back. I'm happy to be back as always. Uh, I'm excited for this one. Okay, so a few things about this movie. This movie was released in July of 2011. It's directed by Glenn Ficarra and John Requa. It's written by Dan Fogelman. It stars Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Julianne Moore, Emma Stone, Kevin Bacon, and Marissa Tomei. What a cast. Such a stacked cast. The IMDb.com summary is, a middle-aged husband's life changes dramatically when his wife asks him for a divorce. He seeks to rediscover his manhood with the help of a newfound friend, Jacob, learning to pick up girls at bars. It has a 7.4 on IMDb. It made around $145 million at the box office, and it was nominated for a Golden Globe in 2012. Ryan Gosling was nominated for Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical. Okay, John, I think I know which way this score is going to go for you, but yep. what do you... I've, pre- I've like <laughs> prefaced it in previous episodes. So. so what are you rating this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? I'm giving it a solid 9.0. Whoa. All right, yeah. as expected. It's high. I love it. I dig it. Okay. Um, I'm giving this a solid 8. Okay. That's, that's an acceptable okay. <laughs> deficit from what I have. <laughs> This won't be another Crazy Rich Asians moment where I'll be like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident about this score. No, that's fair. Okay, so take me back to 2011, John. It's also, by the way, just like side side note, I can't believe this was in 2011. If you had asked me, I would have thought it was later than 2011. Really? This movie is 11 years old. I was like, Isn't what? Isn't that crazy? Just makes me feel old, Michelle. Just I makes know. Me feel old. I know. Same. Re like rewatching and talking about a lot of these movies for the podcast makes me just feel wildly old. But uh yeah. here we are. I don't know. This movie is yes. from 2011. Like, explain to me, you know, where were you in life and what is your relationship with this movie? Okay, so life wise, I had just well recently oh not just but i had moved to la already Mm -hmm. i was like going out and seeing movies a lot more often and this movie popped up on my radar specifically because of emma stone because Mm -hmm. i was a fan obviously um and i like steve carell as well and the reviews were decent so i was like you know what i'm actually gonna watch this movie in theaters i think on first pass when i was looking at the trailer i was like okay it looks fun but I was like, I'll just, you know, I'll catch it when I catch it. But this movie, I was like, okay, the reviews are decent. So, you know what? I'm actually going to watch this in theaters. And I was not disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no surprise to you. I was probably super excited to see this movie in theaters. It wasn't like, I guess I'll see it. It was more of a, I am absolutely going to go see it. This seems up your alley. Yeah, exactly. I remember just being really shocked about the ending and crying. Um, yeah, this movie was really, really good. I remember really enjoying it. The moment I walked out of the theater being like, that was, that was really fun. It made you cry? Yeah. Is that a surprise? I mean, I guess. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Knowing you, no. But like objectively, it's like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> mm, fair. That is totally fair. But I want to like say that I think the only time I've cried watching this movie is in the theater. I've seen this movie maybe a handful of times. Uh, since then Mm -hmm. and i don't think i've cried since i think that's about the number i've seen it too i watched it about a handful of times yeah excluding my rewatch for this recording yeah 
maybe a handful of times is a lot for you in terms of rewatchability. Handful of times for, for me is yeah. not that many. So <laughs> th- I'll save that for later. But yeah, that okay. is that's kind of where I'm coming from. Okay, so share with me, please. What are some things you like about this movie? I mean, I just like the the I mean the whole dynamic between Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling has, has at this point been very well documented but when this movie came out it mm-hmm. was not as known and the chemistry between them is ridiculous um so Agree. I think that carries a lot of the movie for me I also sort of appreciate that you know Hannah's character is not sort of your you know rom-com you know female lead sort of archetype like she's different like she kind of like in a way like in the beginning of the movie she kind of goes against everything that's happening and then she's just sort of I guess she's more like the catalyst for some of the stuff that happens between her and and Jacob so I think that's also fun Mm -hmm. um I I also appreciated the fact that it sort of took the love actually Mm. sort of setup of like multiple stories are happening and then they all kind of meet at the end or they're more like intertwined than you expect them to be I guess mm-hmm. um but it's done in a way that kind that like that makes sense again with the makes sense I love makes sense yep yep <laughs> so uh, yeah but it's done in a way that like oh it, this is great and it's fun and you know it culminates in sort of that final confrontation part which is just total hilarity and I love that but specifically yeah I mean I have a few like there's also several good scenes in this movie that like you can frequently reference just outside of it which i do reference randomly you know on occasion yeah so, which i'll get into later when we okay. go into like the favorite scenes because i i have a quite a list for that part can't wait look forward to it i just want to double down and agree with you about the ryan gosling and emma stone their chemistry is very believable so i I don't know why they never dated in real life it mm. seems crazy to me because yeah. i was like i mean i get that ryan gosling is with uh ava mendez but i was like clearly there's no way your chemistry is as good as it is mm. with emma stone <laughs> like there's just i was like it's a, it's it's crazy so this is the first of three movies i think that they've started together yes uh this movie is the first i think they do gangster squad gangster next, squad and then, and then obviously la la, land. la la land which is part of the reason why i didn't enjoy la la land's ending because i was like what do you mean they don't end up together spoiler alert but if you haven't watched it this point clearly you're not gonna watch it yeah yeah that ending was also kind of a twist because you're like where's this going do they i or... hated that movie because of that twist i did mm. not like that twist it was bad but anyways, continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, but this movie, love them. I mean, I, I think Ryan Gosling should get his own kind of moment here because, uh, yes, he is beautiful. He is suave. He is confident. He is a lot of things that I think a lot of women want in a man. Those abs also just like we yes. have to talk about it because that was a moment. I knew we were going to talk about all it. the <laughs> memes. I mean, there's still memes of like, you know, his abs your 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 abs look photoshopped and yes you know I, I don't think i'd seen ryan gosling in this kind of light before i know that he had done the notebook that was yeah. in 2004 so he he has been like a heartthrob but then i mean not to get too nitty-gritty about his career but he's done a lot of drama so yeah for me to see him in this rom-com light i was like my eyes were opened i was like this is amazing why hasn't he done more of this and i wish he did and same with emma stone for that fact i think she's really great in rom-coms and in comedy and i know they're both kind of more like quote serious actors with you know oscar caliber but you know throw me a rom-com bone every once in a while yeah i mean because before this it was like what do we really know him from like there was like half nelson and like blue valentine like these are all real downer movies (laughs) and so this is a 
it's a very different kind of shit for him. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I think this movie also sort of placed him in a different kind of like category, I think, because it just, yeah, it was like, oh, well, he could actually do that. And I think that's part of the reason why, I mean, I don't know without this movie, like the way he like portrayed himself in it, if he could have done like, you know, the big short or like the nice guys afterwards mm-hmm. or even Blade Runner. Cause like, you just don't, mm. I mean, you could see him as a leading man, but not necessarily in those kinds of movies. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, it made a, it made a difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a dude, but I was still like, oh shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> you can appreciate the beauty. I can that appreciate is I was just like, yeah, that's just, that's, that's intense. Yeah. And then just a side note, I was looking at his IMDb and he hasn't really been uh, in anything for the past few years, but he's got a pretty busy schedule coming up. He's going to be in the new Barbie movie. He's playing Ken. Uh, he's playing Ken. Yeah. That's a little, uh, <laughs> It was, <laughs> I mean, I was actually kind of disappointed because like initially when I saw news about the Barbie movie, it was because Simu Liu was that had been uh, had been announced mm. or something. And I was like, oh, man, are they going to go crazy with it and make Simu Liu Ken? And then they were like, oh, Ryan Gosling. I was like, oh, OK, fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for this movie, though. Greta Gerwig is directing, but, you know, that'll be a conversation for later. Maybe we'll still be potting and maybe I don't know. I don't know what the storyline of the new Barbie movie is. I don't know if that's going to qualify as a rom-com, but we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. I have hope. Um, But yeah, Ryan Gosling, so good in this movie. Um, The cast, as we mentioned at the top of this, is just crazy stacked. Steve Carell, very enjoyable. I do wish that there was more Julianne Moore in this movie. I think she's so good. She's so good. And I, you know, there's a lot happening in this movie, you know, obviously, but could have done with more of her. And like this unpredictable I mean, ultimately, there's probably a lot of predictability. Yes, they probably end up together, but the twists and turns it takes, really, really liked that. Yeah. I just wanted to note that Dan Fogelman, the writer, is also the writer and creator of the show, This Is Us. Yes. Which, do you watch that? No, because I don't watch TV to cry. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. (laughs) That's very fair. Well, I actually don't watch that show anymore. I think I stopped at season three. I was like, this is taking way too much out of me. It seems like just... Like, it's like the same kind of gripe I have about Grey's Anatomy. It's like, this is just drama for the sake of drama, and it's not really, mm. like, good drama and a good emotionality. I'm just sort of like, eh. Mm. Like, it's just tiring. Mm. <laughs> it's, got it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not huge on TV either, to be honest with you. I Movies are more my lane, hence the movie yeah. podcast. Here we are. Right. But the only reason I bring This Is Us up is because, for people who have seen it, there's a twist at the end of the pilot episode. And... Dan Vogelman is really good at making you think one thing and then boom, will hit you with how all these people are connected. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's so smart. Like, how did I not see this coming? So he's kind of got a really good, I don't know. I think he's become known for being able to make all these twists and turns in terms of human relationship. Um, A few other things I have here is I like that the woman Julianne Moore, whose name is Emily in this movie, she's the one who kind of goes through this midlife crisis. She's the one who is unfaithful to her husband, Cal. Um, And the man is the one who unravels pretty badly. So I appreciate the little gender swap there. I mean, they're both kind of going through a crisis, though, because, I mean, he even admits it's like it's also my fault, too, because he's like, which it is. It's obviously not completely his fault, but he's still partly to blame because he got lazy, which I think is like a fear that most couples have. I feel like the longer Mm -hmm. they stay together, it's like, are we going to be lazy about the romance? Yeah, I have some more things to add to that later on. This might be more appropriate for a theme, but I have it here is that I feel like it does a good job of weaving different types of love and shows you different types of love. 
Yeah. So I literally bulleted it out here. I Though have some are more appropriate than others. Oh, absolutely. We'll <laughs> we definitely get into that. that. <laughs> definitely. We have high school sweethearts, right? We have Cal and Emily. We have a dating relationship, which you can say is Cal and women or Jacob and women. You have a new relationship. You have Jacob and Hannah. You have a familial relationship, you know, father and son situation. You have teenage love slash obsession. Uh, Jessica for Cal, who's inappropriately much older than her. And then you have Robbie for Jessica, the son for the babysitter. Yeah. More common, but also, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot going on. And I, I, I did like that. It kind of showed you that love can take form in many different ways. Honestly, the only thing they were missing was a gay relationship, and then it would have been pretty mm. close to, like, spectrum. We talk about this later, which is a whole category, is if it were to be made today, what would be d- done differently? And that totally would happen now. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what are some things you don't like about this movie? I I mean, so I kind of struggled with this one, because mm. I don't really have a lot of things I dislike about this movie. The only thing that I will kind of minorly harp on is, like... It's a little inappropriate how much Robbie goes out for for Jessica, the babysitter. Like it, mm. it's like borderline. Like okay, he's trying to be affectionate, but it's also it's like it's kind of harassment too. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a yes. little, it's it's borderline. Like it's kind of toes the line very carefully. But you're like, yeah, like I mean, it's cute, but it's also just sort of like, yeah, like you know, no means no, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, know. it's a little bit much. It's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Uh, I agree with you. I, I don't know how it would be done differently today, but it, it, I don't it's know. It's hard. How That's I'll... what I mean. Like, yeah. all you can do is just sort of be like, yeah, like, it's, <laughs> it's kind of okay, but kind of not. Like, it's it's very sort of like very much within the gray area. And then I also didn't like the fact that she gave <laughs> gave him the pictures of herself oh at my the gosh, end. John. I was like, what 17-year-old is giving mm-hmm. a 13-year-old pictures of herself making no. and expecting nothing, nothing could possibly go wrong with this scenario? <laughs> like, I'm just like shaking my head. This is a WTF for me, is the fact yes. that she gives him hard copies of the nude photo. Like, that I is know, a hard, hard copies. No- inappropriate. I don't know what she was thinking. Yeah, that was in my WTF moments, but it was also like what I didn't like either. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't have a lot to add to this about what I don't like, but um, this is kind of a gripe I have, which if this didn't happen, then there would be no movie. But I thought that this is something that we could talk about is when Emily, when Julianne Moore confesses that she slept with someone, David yes. Linhagen, he, he rolls out of the car and she's like, I want a divorce. And he's like, just stop talking. I'll sign whatever you want. I'll leave the house tonight. Yeah. And I was just like, really? That's it? But he's- I mean... Yes, he he has to go through this evolution in this movie to to realize that he was lazy in his relationship. But I was like, oh, man, he's not going to fight for her at all. Like, he is just going to be like, okay, whatever you want. But I did rationalize in my head. Like, he's probably so heartbroken, has no idea what to do, just cannot. He's not equipped to communicate any of these feelings or emotions. But I was just like, oh, he's so dismissive of her. I mean, that was going to be my point, too. I was just like, I mean, can you really blame the guy? Like, he just had a complete bombshell dropped on him. And, like, then you're sort of... She's just, like, trying to, like, figure out all these other things and say all these other things. It's like... I mean, I get that he should fight. But at the same time, it's like... He's not the one that committed the ultimate sin, though, I feel like. Like, the, mm. she cheated on him. 
So yeah, I, I kind of understand his whole like, just I don't want to talk about it because I I feel like it's like it's several things. Mm-hmm. It's like not only did she cheat on him, man, she wants a divorce, and it's like all at once. I feel like it's understandable for him being like, I just don't want to talk to you. I actually mm-hmm. don't know like if I were in that position, I don't think I would have like ridden home with her. I would have just like gone separately, yeah. got my stuff and left. Because I don't know if necessarily like that's the time to fight for her. Like I think. I, I guess I my, my problem with that is like I understand he should have fought like later and there's more things he could have talked about to kind of like he shouldn't have just completely shut up. But I feel like that first line is understandable to have like this, the rationale of saying I I'm in emotional state and mm-hmm. I don't really want to say anything that I'm going to regret. So it's probably better if we just like take a step first mm-hmm. and then we can start diving into the nitty gritty details of like why did this happen? Like should we try to fight this? Do we need to do all these other things? Like but in the night like the very first night in the moment of it, I kind of understand the whole, like, let's just not talk about it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I will give you that. A lot of people react to terrible news very differently. Yeah. I just wanted to bring it up because I just, no, it's fair. It's upsetting, but I totally understand that this is kind of the purpose of the movie at the same time. Yes. Because he needs to grow. We're setting up the premise of him needing work. Um, So I mentioned this earlier is that this movie is not that rewatchable for me uh, or compared to other rom-coms that I love. Shocking. Slash grew up with. But yeah, again, like even though this movie is 11 years old, it's not something that I grew up with, um, which as you know, and a lot of people out there at this point probably know, is that nostalgia is very important to me. Uh, This doesn't have a whole lot of nostalgia for me. I think it loses its magic just because the first time you watch it, you see that twist and you're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. But then the more you watch it, you know, it's not that exciting. But see, to me, like the twist is like the twist isn't everything for me. The twist is nice, Mm. but it is not the primary reason why I like the movie. Because the movie, it's like this is one of the few rom-cons where I actually am laughing throughout the whole movie. Because there's Mm -hmm. so many things that happen that are just funny. Like the lines are funny. The actual scenes are funny. Like Mm -hmm. for a lot of other times when I'm watching like rom-cons especially, it sort of feels like, okay, they're trying to make this a comedic moment. And that's why I should be laughing. Or at least they're Mm -hmm. trying to make me laugh. But this movie, it doesn't feel that way. It's like, oh, this is just genuinely funny. And so that's why I'm going to laugh. True. I don't place quite as much importance on the twist. The twist is, again, is is a nice sort of addition to it. But I mm-hmm. think uh, everything else for me is why I actually enjoyed it. Because it doesn't sort of follow the typical, like, oh, boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, tension happens, and then they break up, and then they realize they love each other and get together. Like, it's not like that at all, which is why right. I like it. Fair. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Um, and this is like a weird note, and couldn't find another category to put this in, but... I'm not really a fan of the title of the movie. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I mean, that you think I know. the same. No, I mean, the, the the title is weird. And I remember, well, I get, I'm sure you're going to cover it in the trivia later. But yeah, mm-hmm. the, the sort of ideation of the title came about in a weird way. And I know Steve Carell hated it. And yeah. I kind of understand why. But I don't know. It kind of has grown on me over time. I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting. Because I think like if they had gone with like the original or at least the idea that C. Carell had of like the wingman, which is what they were thinking about calling it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as interesting. I kind of like the fact it's like a weird, it kind of like it cements the whole sort of like brand of the movie of like, Oh yeah, we're not going to be like a typical rom-com. We're going to mm. be, we're going to be weird about it. Mm. And I was like, you know, crazy, stupid love. That's what it is. It's yeah. fine. 
Yeah, I think not until this rewatch and digesting it for the purposes of our conversation, I was like, okay, I guess Crazy Stupid Love is a movie title. It makes sense because love is crazy and stupid. And that is like what this movie encompasses, right? Right. But when you're just kind of like, I don't know, flipping through channels, you're like, Crazy Stupid Love. And like (laughs) these words are never uttered in the movie in any kind of context. So... Again, I, I was actually looking at the movies that I've previously talked about, and I'm like, oh, there's always, there's usually some kind of tie into the title, even though it may be contrived. At least it's in the movie, but don't feel like it. Yeah, it's a little bit of a disconnect, but I can see why the title is what it is. I actually kind of like the fact the title does not come up in the movie. I actually, because that's like, to your point, it's usually very contrived when it does come Mm -hmm. up. And so I kind of like the fact they don't need to. They're just showing without telling you because they're showing you, see, love, it's crazy and it's stupid. And that's a title (laughs) and that's fine. And I like that. Like, I mean, everything that's happening in that movie is crazy and stupid. So Mm. it makes sense to me. It makes sense. But, you know. It's not you, obvious. You wanted you wanted a like a whole like monologue where he's just like, you know, this whole thing is just like crazy stupid love. You just wanted him to say it in the middle. I don't I don't know what I wanted, but I just I just realized it's just a bit strange, I guess. You wanted your wink wink nudge nudge moment, is that what you're saying? Yes and no. I can I can I'm okay with it. I'm okay with crazy stupid love. Um the other thing I have here under things I don't like, and maybe you'll disagree, is the music didn't really stand out to me in this one. Yeah, I was going to point it out later. Like the the beginning part, there's only two specific moments I can distinctly remember what the music was. Mm-hmm. It's in the beginning when they do Save Room by J- John Legend, which mm-hmm. is a great song. Great song. Um, which is, you know, it's just a fun way to enter in it. And then the music that's playing while he's like eating the sub- slice of Sabaras <laughs> at the Century City Mall. Um which is just just funny. It's just like um, vocalizations, right? It's like not even a song song. Yeah, I know, but it's Lyrics. just like it's like it's the whole sort of like setup of everything. It's just like, man, even Ryan Gosling can make Sabaros look cool. <laughs> yeah. Sabaros. Uh I agree. That's kind of it. Uh I was going through the Spotify playlist of this movie. Oh wow, you um, really did a deep dive. I did a deep dive <laughs> and I actually listened to some of it. And as I was listening to it, like I was just doing like the dishes or whatever none of these songs were triggering any moments in the movie for me. Yeah. The only song that I recognize on the Spotify playlist that I don't even think I noticed in the movie is this song called Ooh La La by Goldfrapp. And I don't know if you know that song. You probably would know it once you play it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I know this song. But I think I know it from other things and not this movie. But I, I couldn't even tell you what scene is. (laughs) is that movie to this the song that is in the movie i tried to google it and i was just like it's not easily searchable yeah i mean i think it's both a good and bad thing that you don't notice the music it became i mean it's good in the sense that like you're captivated enough by what's going on in the movie that you don't really pay attention to the music or notice the music but at the same time it's like oh that also means the music was not memorable enough Mm -hmm. to sort of hit any chords and like no pun intended um and uh and sort of like stick in your mind and like sort of attach you to any sort of scene so mm-hmm. no but i mean I, I agree with you it's i think it's it's a it is part of the reason why it's not a 10 mm-hmm. in my book <laughs> there are detractors um but yeah no i agree with you the, the, the music is is not a strong point mm-hmm. i guess i should shout out here the dirty dancing uh song is played yes. but it's not even in, it's not included on the album soundtrack which it shouldn't (laughs) it shouldn't be but that is the only song i'll say that i recognized uh while watching it 
I do love that the bit though, well, especially because yeah. of the story behind. It, which I, again, we'll try not to spoil for when we yes. go over trivia stuff. But because <laughs> I remember watching the interview about that, and I thought it was funny. Ah, okay. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that point about the music. I think it's that's an, I think that's a fair point. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we see eye to eye on that one. All right, so let's move on to general themes. Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, I'll let you, you. I'll let you kick us off. What are your? <laughs> yeah, what are your it's like here? themes are kind of just like. I mean, it's it's touching on a lot of different themes, but they're not like they don't really dive into any of them. I guess like young marriage is kind of on there. I mm-hmm. guess like midlife crisis. Uh, you know, teenage love. Mm. I don't know stereotypes of relationships and dating. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like those are the like real like. <laughs> But I'm going real general with the theme. Sure, sure. That's like, totally yeah. fine. Totally fine. <laughs> but those are the very general emphasis on general theme. Got it. Um, okay, so I kind of was trying to dig quite deep in this. Um, but, the, but the general one I have uh, is this concept of soulmates and the one true love. Right. And I think a lot of rom-coms try to, try to paint this picture, as you and I have talked about many times, like rom-coms are the modern fairy tale right right and i think a lot of the time they do paint this picture of love is messy which this movie does for sure but i feel like this movie also emphasizes and confirms that there is a such thing as soulmates and one true love yeah you know that's that's how this movie closes cal confesses you know emily is his one true love they met when they were 15 or 13 or something like that yeah and then encourages his son Robbie to not give up on his love for Jessica, which is, right. you know, again, inappropriate in many ways. I was going to say, I'm not sure that's the <laughs> advice that should be given per se. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but yeah, I think this movie kind of supports that idea of one true love and soulmates. I guess it is interesting, though, because like, I mean, you assume that Cal and Emily are going to get back together. I mean, he confesses his love, but they don't like have that sort of quintessential, like, Oh yeah, we're going to get back together for sure. Moment. Cause like you could still love somebody mm-hmm. and be divorced and just not together. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say that they will for sure. I mean, you assume, I guess you can assume they're mm-hmm. going to get back together because they, they seem good by the end, but I guess they don't. That was my other sort of detractor, I guess that I, they could have put in the wedge. like the, the ending was, you know, kind of put together, but we can, we can cover that in more detail later, but sure. Yeah, no, I I think yeah the the sense of soulmate thing is kind of um is kind of put in there a bit heavy I think just because it's it's yeah. if you're gonna say crazy stupid love I sort of feel like you need to mention the fact that maybe soulmates aren't necessarily like the thing because like you don't know because mm-hmm. it's just you know it's crazy and stupid <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah it's messy do you believe in uh, do you believe in soulmates John um. Yes and no. I don't mm. think I want to say definitively yes, because I think, you know, people change over time. And so I think it's hard to say that, like, you're going to meet your necessarily like your soulmate early on or even like later, just because like I, I sort of feel like people are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Mm. I, it's it's I'm, I'm sort of like back and forth and I won't definitively say yes or no. I'll give the very political answer. Oh, wow. So democratic. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to get you in trouble with anybody right now or something no, like that. No, I mean, I don't think, I don't think my significant other would say she necessarily believes in soulmates either. So it's fine. Got it. Okay. Interesting. I, I think I expected uh, not such a democratic answer from you. Oh, wait. What kind of answer did you expect from me? Did you expect a like, no? I expected a no. Oh, I'm not that heartless, Michelle. <laughs> Jeez, just because I don't enjoy rom-coms the same way doesn't mean I'm that heartless. I can still be a romantic and just not like rom-coms. 
True. True. All all of these things can can be true. Yes. Got it. Okay. I'm not wrong, Michelle. As it was Frank would. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Everyone's right. No one's wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. Okay. So other themes that I kind of observed after this recent rewatch is, and I, I, I'm really intrigued on what your thoughts are. Romance yes. between Cal and Jacob, a little unlikely bromance. And I don't know if you saw this, but because this movie is kind of told through the male perspective, yeah, I thought a lot about masculinity, yeah, vulnerability, yeah. Um, how do young men take this movie when they watch it? Do they glamorize this womanizing kind of lifestyle that Jacob has at the beginning of this movie? Tell me, what do you think about all that? No, I mean I agree with all those points, hundred percent. I think. I think that's part of what I liked about the movie too, is because he does like Ryan Gosling's character. Jacob is like your quintessential sort of like alpha male kind of archetype. Like mm-hmm. you see the way he carries himself. You kind of like see how he handles, you know, interacting with women. And you're like, that is what you would want to be. But then you sort of see that shift at the end sort of being like, Oh, I mean, I think he sort of nails it when he talks to Cal at the bar, when he's just like, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I spent all this time trying to teach you, how to mm. be more like me, but really I need to be more like you. And I was actually, the other thing I forgot to mention in the theme is like, I sort of feel like the underlying theme there is sort of like that father son relationship. Cause mm. he sort of like low key mentions it during that first night with Hannah, when he's like, Oh, ask me something personal. And then she asked him about his dad and he talks about like how he was like a little too nice and how like, you know, he just couldn't handle his mom. And I think that's why I think that's like that's what drew him to Cal, because like when he first has that interaction with Cal at the bar, he's like, you know how I know these things about you? It's because of, you know, you've been being like super depressing, like at the bar for the past two nights. And he's like, I'm going to help you. And Cal's like, oh, why? And he's like, I don't know, because you remind me of someone. And to me, it's like it's because Mm. Cal reminds him of his father. And he's like, I couldn't help my father with my mom, but I can help you. Um, and so that's why I'm going to do this. And so I think that that issue of vulnerability, I think is a good point because he doesn't become more vulnerable until he sort of sees, you know, like, like that's what this relationship with, with Hannah requires that like, mm-hmm. and I think that's why like that shows like just how much he likes her because he's like, he, he doesn't wait for her to ask him something personal. He specifically says, can you please ask me something personal? Because he's actually trying to get that connection with her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, that to me is like the bigger turning point. You know, obviously, besides the fact that she was the aggressor in that relationship when she just goes into the bar and kisses him, which I also enjoyed. I yes, thought that was fun. Of course. Um, but uh, yeah, no, but I think, yeah, you're you're 100% right about that sort of that sort of differing perspective on masculinity and vulnerability that that's present there. Yeah. I like your point about the father son situation between Jacob and Cal. I didn't really see it as father and son, but I totally see it now after what you just said. Yeah. But the bromance thing is definitely real because I think that's what it starts out as, or at least that's the way both of them view it. But I think deep down, like subconsciously, Jacob is sort of like, you know, he never had that relationship with his father. And so he kind of has it now with Cal. And I think that's also why he makes that comment like after Cal's like, oh, I can never give you my approval. And he's like, you're a good dad. Like he recognizes like why he's doing that. And I think that he appreciates that. And that's why he doesn't get upset about it. Yeah, I agree with you for sure. But in terms of another kind of aspect to this masculinity or vulnerability. Jacob even admits like that first night that he and Hannah are together, they're just talking and she's making fun of him for just buying all these really expensive things. <laughs> and he even laughs and says, I am deeply unsatisfied. He yes. just keeps buying things because he has this void and he sleeps with random women. 
Yeah. But it's not until Hannah and I guess this one night of great conversation that he finds happiness, which is really sweet, really kind of innocent. But I, I just really liked that acknowledgement, at least, and self-awareness on his end. He's like, I am unhappy. Yeah. And because he says that as a joke, but it's like, oh, but really, that's that's it, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then in addition to all that is I have a question here is, is hookup culture not satisfying? Is that one of the themes that this movie trying to take away? Because Jacob, again, like all he does is hook up and he doesn't realize like, yes, right. he's just filling this void. Also with Cal, like he tried to be that womanizer, enter Marissa Tomei, <laughs> but also like he's deeply unsatisfied too. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm going to give another diplomatic answer. I think it <laughs> ultimately depends on the person. I think, Absolutely. It I does think objectively, you could always say, of course, it will always, it will eventually reach a point. I mean, I think objectively, you can't say that eventually it'll reach a point where it's not satisfying. Um, mm-hmm. But I also know there are a ton of people who don't want to necessarily be tied down to one person. And so they enjoy that, that sort of hookup culture. So whether it's right or wrong, you know, I think it ultimately depends on the people, but you know, people grow up and eventually reach a point where like, you know, they do just sort of want that companion, but it's not for everybody. Well, I'm being so political right now and I really don't mean to. I'm sorry, but it's just, that's the, that's the answer though. I appreciate it. I feel like most of the time you are very like this way. It is not this way, but it is a thousand percent this way. This is a very different kind of uh, side of you. I'm a, I'm a mature individual, Michelle, in case yeah. you uh, haven't noticed. No, I'm just you have uh, multitudes. No, there are, there are certain things that, yes, if I have an opinion on it, I absolutely have an opinion on it. Crazy mm-hmm. Rich Asians, 9.5. But um, <laughs> yeah, there are other things where I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not always black and white. Sure. So. I agree with you. Nothing is really black and white. And the older I get, the more I realize that. Yeah. The other thing I did want to mention, and I actually wrote this at the top, is as I was watching this movie, it reminded me a lot of Hitch in many ways. <laughs> okay. The Will Smith movie. <laughs> yeah. Because it's kind of like the pickup artist kind of concept of, you know, yeah. just trying to not toughen up a guy, but just like pump him with all this confidence. Yeah. And ultimately, what wins the other person over is just truly being yourself. Yeah. Which I think is funny because like that now that you bring up Hitch, it's totally like what happens with Cal and uh, and, and Marissa Tomei's character on like that well, that night they hook up because he's trying to like follow the playbook and it all completely just like goes the other way. And then he just gets with her by being himself. And it's weird that, that mm-hmm. it works out that way. <laughs> yeah. Because that's yeah. sort of the same thing that happened with like Hitch and Ava, hey, Ava Mendes, another Ryan Gosling connection. Uh, that's sort of the same thing that happens with uh, with them whenever he tries to do his normal stuff at like all goes badly but they still kind of fall in love anyway <laughs> exactly i'm thinking of like the allergic reaction scene mostly <laughs> but yeah. oh yeah yeah that's a great scene okay favorite scene moments of the movie so many tell me so many okay so i'm gonna kind of go in order but the first one that really pops up is the <laughs> when he's at the office and the coworker mm. is like checking on him. He's like, "Oh yeah, you did great." And then he finds out it's a divorce. Then he announces to everyone as Cal's leaving, "Hey everyone, it's just a divorce. It's okay." <laughs> and everyone just starts clapping. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not cancer, thank God. <laughs> the way Cal reacts to, it, he's just like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so happy! Yay, yeah, it's I, just a divorce." Yeah, but that's that was pretty funny. Um, I like that. 
Um, and then like Liz, the sort of like Hannah's best friend, her, her whole interaction with Hannah at El Torino when they're like doing the going away party or whatever thing. And she's like, if you end up with that, what am I going to end up with? Mm. Like, that's that like, pep talk that you get from your best friend being like, you deserve better. Mm-hmm. And I also just love the fact it was happening at El Torino. But like, really, it's just because like, yeah, that place is just like the only people who go there are totally people who are just like stuck up like lawyer types because I'm like, this is not actually good. Mexican and you're in LA like what are you doing what are so you doing? I have no concept of what this restaurant is can you give me like an equivalent it's like Tilly's it's uh, basically like Tilly's but like leaning more heavily into the like quote unquote sort of like Mexican culture and food but really not because it's just it. like clearly chain food and bad oh yeah Hannah Hannah deserves to be proposed to at a much better place than than that place well that's also the other thing too because like it's not even the fact that like the proposal might may or may not happen there, but it's also just like, you know, to Liz's point, it's like, you're going to end up with that guy. Like he's so boring. And like Josh Groban, by the way, I know, but like Josh Groban himself is <laughs> is great in real life. I'm sure. But his character in this movie, it's like, yeah, clearly like, what are you doing, Hannah? Like you're ending up with a super boring type mm-hmm. when you clearly could be with hunky Ryan Gosling instead. <laughs> oh my gosh. If we could all just, you know, yeah. Take a moment to respect that. That's amazing. I mean, not, I'm sure Josh, you know, Josh Groban is a catch as well. Not to say that I'm he's sure. not, but the character that he plays. But the character is, yeah. Cause that was the other favorite scene I had is like when they first met at the bar and like they're talking about conan and then right like jacob comes over and then liz is totally like infatuated with jacob already and she's like yes she will sleep with you and hannah's like sort of immediately sort of like calling out all his moves and everything and i like Mm -hmm. i liked that i thought it was it was fun yeah she she kind of was in charge she was like no you got she was in charge the whole time too even when she got together with him later like she's a little excited yeah but yeah, I loved that. Most of their interactions, I loved their scenes. Um, and then, of course, Be Better Than the Gap. Be like Better a seminal, Than the Gap. A seminal moment that's like frequently gift or gift or however you want to uh, pronounce it. Mm-hmm. But that's frequently referenced. I love it. I mean, I remember my Be Better Than the Gap moment when my sister took me shopping and was like, we need to like up your style. And so like she did that whole thing for me. And so like when I watched that scene, I was like, Yes, that's right. Be better than the Gap, <laughs> another brand you're not going to get a sponsorship with now. So, <laughs> well, full disclosure: as we're talking, I am wearing a hoodie from the Gap. So, while okay. I understand be better than the Gap, no shade. Yes, but think about where we are right now in our lives. You're married, like we're both Fair. in like long relationships. If you're <laughs> like you got to that point by being better than the Gap, and now you're just sort of like I'm okay with the Gap again. I'm so sorry, Gap, but you know. <laughs> So yeah, and then oh, that one is good. And then the next one after that was the whole like Scarlet Letter thing, which I thought was funny too, mm. because like Easy A kind easy of a. reference too. Yes. But I just I was just like like the fact he's like A is for asshole because he's just so mad about it. Oh, poor Robbie. Poor Robbie. But on the topic of Robbie, my other favorite scene was like his whole interaction when he first meets David Linhagen. Mm. Um, like the death stare that he gives him when he comes in and then David and then like Kevin Bacon comes back in and he's like trying to be all buddy with it and Robbie like totally pulls the whole like power movie like raises his chair <laughs> he like deliberately mispronounces his name yes. which is like a theme that keeps happening in the movie which I thought was hilarious so good Um, and yeah that so and then also the entire first night with Hannah and Jacob I just mm-hmm. thought was hilarious like the dirty dancing lift the whole like her downing the two old fashions even though she's like this is not my drink but she's yeah. just so nervous. She's so nervous. Emma Stone, just like... She's great. She's great. She's great. She's so good. But yeah, specifically during that first night, yeah, well, we already mentioned it, but the, like, it's like you're photoshopped. And then he's like, no, you take off. She's like, no way, not with that going on. 
<laughs> he also says, can I put my shirt back on? And she's like, no, no you no. may not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty great. So and then my good. final favorite scene, I swear I'm, I'm done now. This is my last one. No, I love it. Tell me. <laughs> um, Is that culmination of like that conversation when like all the storylines come together mm-hmm. when they're like, wait, you're with him. And then Jessica's dad comes over and then they have that whole fight. And then David Lindhagen shows up yes. and then they're like all fighting and then like all the dudes end up together. And Ryan Gosling, <laughs> like low key in the middle of all that just says like, what are you even grabbing? Like, cause they're all like, just like back together. <laughs> I was laughing so hard during that whole scene. That's a great scene. Like, that's a very important scene. But it really does it very well. Uh, All the plot lines converge. Everyone knows everything. Everything's out in the open at that point. Um, You mentioned this scene earlier, but I literally LOL'd at the scene when Jacob is waiting for Cal at the mall eating his Sbarro's. Yes. It's slow motion. And the music just really just makes it over the top. (laughs) He's trying to be badass and he's just like, he's eating pizza at the mall. I mean, granted, it's Century City Mall, which like by mall standards is like a ridiculous mall, especially even more now so because they, mm. they, they renovate it so it's crazy but I mean, ridiculous I as that. in good or oh, it's ridiculous like... as in good like they oh, okay. like they remodeled everything and it looks really really amazing uh they have a shake shack there they got this really really great ramen chain restaurant ramen mm. negi there that's only in tokyo and then they have a spot there there's like a heidi lao hot pots place there there's like a vr oh, there's wow. a ton of crazy stuff at that mall so uh yeah but it was just funny while he was there <laughs> Like, just a great use of some... slow motion i just want to like you know sometimes slow motion and rom-coms is like overdone but this but was perfect. just like chef's kiss it was perfect yeah. also just the fact he's eating sabaros i was like really like <laughs> i almost want to be like you're gonna be better than the gap but you're not gonna be better than sabaros like i don't get that part that, <laughs> that was, was a little great. weird <laughs> um i have one other scene to add is the scene where cal is hooking up with marissa tomei's character <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> oh my gosh he <laughs> That one line, I'm like, I can't even say it now. Um, She's like, what are you thinking? He's like, I'm afraid you might have AIDS. AIDS. (laughs) What the fuck? Oh, boy. Yeah. That that also lends itself to my WTF moment, which I will get to later. Okay. Good to know. But that is a great scene. It's so funny. He's just unabashedly being himself. And she's like, into it? It's very funny. It's so random, but it's also just funny. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree with you. Every scene that you mentioned, I don't need to repeat, but so good. Let's let's move on to WTF moments. Uh, perfect segue, please. Uh, yeah, so, okay, Cal is supposed to be this great father, but he doesn't know who his son's teacher is? Mm. Like, that didn't make any sense. Like, I mean, it made for our funny sort of interaction at the parent-teacher conversation, but it's like, really? You've never met her before now or even remotely knew what she looked like? Like, that's weird. Yeah. Um. So that didn't make sense. And then, yeah, just the whole, like i'm kind of afraid you have aids and then he's like oh now i'm not and suddenly she's okay like i was like that's kind of a quick turn but all right and then the other one was uh yeah i mean we mentioned it earlier it's like robbie kind of borderline harassing jessica like the texts the like declaring his love in public to her like at Mm. school yeah it's the so sort of nonchalant her asking the other student how to hook up with older dudes. I'm like, okay, if you're 17, I have to assume your friend or the person you're asking is also 17. And so we're just like, okay, with like statutory rape happening. Like, okay, <laughs> we're just going to casually just like Casual. slip the, just casually just be like, oh yeah, it's fine. But all right. Yeah. Cool. I, I do want to, I do wonder what Jessica's goal was or what her hopes were in, in sending Cal her nude photos. Like, which like, oh, he's gonna find me irresistible. Like Yes. I mean crazy I, stupid love, you know. Crazy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> You're right. I that but that was a WTF. It was like A, 
no one takes hard photos and prints them out anymore. Yes. But B is just like, what is she thinking? What is inside this girl's head? Yeah. I mean, also, that's like, this is the precursor to like smartphones and all mm-hmm. the other stuff mm-hmm. where I was like sharing photos of yourself is usually not gone over well in the present <laughs> in present day. In present day, yes. But yeah, I mean, like, obviously she's fine with it because she gives the photos to Robbie also, which is which was the other, well, that was my last WTF mm-hmm. moment. I was like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? So I have one other WTF, speaking of Jessica, is why is she at Robbie's eighth grade graduation with her parents? I don't know. I think she has a sibling, but we never see this sibling. I think like we saw someone else like in her family unit, but we don't even see the face. Don't see it, hear a name. That's my only assumption is that this sibling is in the same grade, I guess. Yeah, I think that is supposed to be the assumption. But I mean, it also could be possible they're just going as like family friends, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I think the assumption is that, yeah, she has a sibling. Yeah. Speaking of Jessica, again, her parents... Bernie and I forget what the mom's name is. Claire. Bernie and Claire. Claire. What are your thoughts on, I don't know, choosing a friend? Like Cal and Emily break up and then the wife Claire is like, we're choosing Emily. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, we have no idea what the uh, what the interaction between Claire and Emily was previously. Like, maybe she had been complaining to her for a while about, like, I guess, like Cal's laziness or whatever. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I thought. That is, I mean, it is a real situation. If you're like friends with a married couple, and then they suddenly divorce. Like, you know, do you have to like pick sides? Yeah. But I, I did think it's interesting that Claire was sort of like, oh, like, oh, now he's like going around like sleeping with like people. It's like, uh, because Emily did it first. Like, I don't understand right. why you just are taking sides about that now. At least like when Cal's doing it, it's like after they are divorced. Separated. Yes, because now they're on a break. Mm-hmm. Um, it was odd. It was odd. I think that is weird. I don't know if that is so formalized in real life. Like, we're going to pick a friend to stick with and we're going to tell the other friend we're breaking up with you. We're choosing the wife. Yeah. I mean, I think it does for sure happen. I mean, without mentioning names, like I like I had a friend recently who got divorced, but like I knew her husband first and like Mm. initially was friends with him but like he kind of fell off and like i just haven't really been in much touch with him as i have been with her and so like ultimately like i'm kind of gonna be friends with her probably over him just because she's been better about keeping in touch Mm. so i mean in a way you're kind of picking sides there i guess but not really like it's not like i favor one or the other but it's just like the way things ended up happening yeah i mean of course it's not black or white in real world scenarios i'm sure like it all depends on what actually happened and unraveled but yeah yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny, but also like, does this happen? I'm sure it does. I'm yeah. sure it happens all the time because I feel like divorces are messy. So yeah, sides must be taken and lines drawn. Yeah, true, true, true. Uh, okay, so we've mentioned a little bit about the ending, but let's talk a little bit more here. What are your thoughts? I mostly enjoyed it. The nitpicks were, as I mentioned, again, like Cal declares his love for Emily. So you assume they're getting back together, but you it's like not 100% solidified. You can see that they kind of like have that old chemistry back because they're kind of joking with each other. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the like Robbie getting the photos from Jessica is a little weird. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, at least Jacob and uh, Hannah got together. So that's good. Yeah. And I do enjoy the call back to the slapping in the face. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that Cal, like, was this a quick leap in giving his blessing or like what do you think his mindset changed i think his mindset changed because i think he saw that like jacob clearly cares for and loves his daughter and so i think like he knows like 
I mean, he knows, like, even for all the sort of, like, I guess, like, the pickup lines and everything, like, ultimately, like, he's still a random dude that decided to help him when he was at his lowest point. So I think there's yeah. there's a friendship there. And I think, like, like once he sort of got the sense of, like, where Jacob was at with Hannah and, like, how he had, like, true feelings for her, then, like, he's like, okay, like, at least I know you well. Mm-hmm. I know some things I probably didn't want to know, but I know some good things, too. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I think it, it made sense. I mean, he's a good dude. He also yeah. like, you know, he punched David Linhagen for him because he's like, you're the one who hurt my friend. Like, <laughs> Yeah, agree. I think it all ties up really well. I don't really have anything new to add from what you said. It, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. And I love when it makes sense. So do you think Helen and Emily like stay married? I don't know if their divorce was ever finalized. I mean, I think they, yeah, I mean, again, I think you can assume they get back together because clearly they have all this, like, history together, they have a family together, and they clearly mm-hmm. still care about each other a lot. Like, she shows that when she does that phone call to him, pretending that she needs yeah, his help with the... sweet. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think they probably end up back together. I think everybody stands, ends up together and stays together. Yeah, you do? I okay. think Robbie ends up with Jessica, too, because clearly, <laughs> you know, first loves, you know, they just kind of stick with you like that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. Jacob and Hannah, you think they make it too, huh? I think they make it too. Well, because I think it's like real connection. And I think also like Hannah is realizing she deserves better. And then Jacob, I think is like, you know, he's a good dude. Yeah. Uh, I wrote sure. I think like I don't, <laughs> I, I don't really. It's a mean answer, Michelle. I, I know. I always say sure, I guess. Sure, I guess. <laughs> I couldn't come up with a good enough reason why they wouldn't make it. Um, I think that there'll be weirdness for a while, but I think that ultimately will work for them in the end in, in terms of like the relationship between Jacob and Cal. Hmm. But yeah, I think, okay, I buy it. I think that they stay together. I was about to ask you, I was like, what do you think the weirdness is? But I guess, yeah, the fact that they know each other so well, I guess is kind of weird. Yeah. It's a lot of intimate things that <laughs> like they know of each other. It's just a strange dynamic, not strange. It's just a different type of dynamic. I think. Yes. It's very different that I think will ultimately maybe work out for like, it'll benefit Jacob, I think. Yeah. Because I think also, you know, usually the worry is of like, Oh, are my parents going to like this guy? Or are they going to be like friends? And you can sort of like, sort of see like they already kind of had that like father son relationship. And I think that's why she's like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Like when he sort of like gives his blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, So 9.5, you're giving this movie. No, I'm giving a nine. This is I'm a sorry. Nine. A nine. You gave crazy rich Asians. Crazy rich Asians was a 9.5. You're giving this movie a nine. Yes. You love it. I do like it a lot. You think this movie is a beloved a beloved rom-com? I think it is because of the staying power of Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. And also just because the movie itself was like fun. I mean, like they're two of my favorite characters, obviously, in this movie. And I think like they, they carry it. A lot of what makes this movie good is just the like the dialogue is great and like mm-hmm. it's just a fun movie. Yeah. I agree with you. I don't actually remember, and I should have pulled up a few other rom-coms that came out in 2011. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but I think maybe this kind of set itself apart from other rom-coms. I'm sure yeah. like it's you know a genre that people love, people hate, doesn't do well at the box office, but this movie seemed to do pretty well at the box office. I still can't believe it was so low on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I don't understand. Oh, you said it was like a- There's a 79 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 68 <laughs> on Metacritic, and I was like, come on. Like, really? <laughs> I wonder what the critiques are for the people who are rating it so low. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this movie continues to be beloved. It's appropriately popular. Like, yeah, the star power is like 10, 11 years later, still, still A-list. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in terms of this movie aging well, what do you think? 
I mean, I think it's aged pretty well, considering the fact it's 11 years old, gasp. Mm-hmm. It's still funny, and it's still great to me, and I still yeah. enjoyed watching it again. And, like, the only thing that's sort of, like, weird is, like, the, the sort of outdated usage of all the Blackberries. Blackberries <laughs> as cell phones. Like, uh, Robbie was using, like, a Samsung, like, a Sidekick or something like I that. I don't know what he was. Yeah, maybe it was a Sidekick, but there was a lot of Blackberry in here. And I was like, by 2011, I'm like, really? I sort of feel yeah. like there should have shifted already well it's so funny because frank was kind of walking in and out of the room and i think he walked in in one of the scenes where there was cell phone usage and i was like yeah this movie came out in 2011 and i tried to remember i was like when did i get my first smartphone and it was was definitely right around that time though i mean it was definitely yeah i think i got mine around then i think it might have been around then but i yeah yeah, you're right i think i had one before this movie though this is like the last gas for blackberry before they got totally yeah technology (laughs) has also like in the past 10 years just like really really evolved very quickly so it's just always fun to see not that long ago but also long ago like oh wow technology was really far behind yeah I think in the whole Jessica nude photo storyline, it'd be like a sex. So different. It It would be be so different. Yeah, so (laughs) different, right? Uh, It doesn't need to happen, but it would be so different. It didn't need to happen. It was like super. (laughs) I mean, it was the impetus for everything else to happen, but uh, yeah, it's a little weird. Agree. And then you mentioned Hannah's best friend, Liz. Yes. She's an Asian American woman. Yes. Her name is Liza LaPira. Oh, yeah. Her uh, name is Liz LaPierre. Yes. Yeah. I was like, her name is Liz. Yes. I was okay. scrolling up <laughs> okay. scrolling up to get the actress's yes. name. Um, but yeah, I've seen her. She's in like one of the Fast and Furious movies. She's been in a couple like random things. She's like kind of like sprinkled in here. She does TV, I, I think. I was looking at her IMDb. But yes, you know how I love seeing diversity in movies. I do think, I guess, props to them for having an Asian American best friend. Yes. I will say, however, like we barely catch her name. I think the only reason I caught her name Liz is because I had closed captioning on. But she, I feel like, you know. I remembered her name. I got you, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, sure, I see that they tried, but could have done better. I mean, she's a good best friend. She definitely has her back. I enjoyed oh, yeah. the like very satisfying high five when she like denied Josh. Oh, yeah. was like, I'm going to leave. And she's like, you go, girl. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, great. I just wanted to call her out. <laughs> Liza LaPera. All right. So trivia. Let's see here. I sh- I'm sure you have a bunch. So please. Feel I have another comic book related thing. Of course. Oh, of course. I, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> um, but a few things before that. Uh, so the name David Lindhagen is mentioned 19 times. I think that's so <laughs> and funny. incorrectly multiple times. Lindhagen. And then Lind everyone Hagen. corrects him. Hagen. Hagen. <laughs> Uh, I also found here that Emma Stone is only three days older than the actress who played Jessica. So uh, the actress who played Jessica, she went by Anna Lee uh, Tipton, but she yes. has since changed her pronoun. So she is a they. Their name is now Leo. Leo. Leo Tipton. So yeah, Emma Stone's only three days older than Leo Tipton. But they made her seem so much younger. <laughs> they, yeah. Hannah is supposedly uh, seven to eight years older than Jessica, the the character. Right. That's just the maturity that Emma Stone carries. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching this in 2011 being like, this doesn't really track. But, you know, now that I'm older and further removed from it, it's like, okay, yeah, sure. I guess. Whatever. She's starting young. She's a super kid. Yeah. Uh, The dirty dancing scene. (laughs) I'm sure you you, feel free to add. Uh, They use a body double 
in real life for this actual scene, Emma Stone apparently has a phobia of being lifted up. Yes. Which <laughs> she went into great detail about on an appearance on like the Graham Norton show, which is the one that I watched the clip of from most. But she said that apparently when she was like six, she like had gotten lifted up about that height above like parallel bars when she was six. And then the like person let go. And then instead of like getting on the parallel bar, she like fell, she like tucked her arms in and fell through and then like broke both her arms. And oh, so geez. I guess she that like, is terrifying. So she just has this phobia now of like getting lifted up. And so when it happened, she like freaked out on Ryan Gosling and then she like ran off the, the set crying and everybody went to go check up on her and she like went into her trailer and was just like watching um watching Labyrinth. I don't know what Labyrinth is, but I saw that trivia point. Labyrinth is that movie with uh with uh it was like David Bowie, it's like the Jim Henson. Oh yeah. And it's like very, very young Jennifer Connolly. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's so specific. Like yes. that, that trivia But point. it's just funny because like Ryan Gosling also just like laughed it off, which is also like part of like their charm together, I think. Cause like, you know, I would be like, why the hell is this girl freaking out so much? I'm trying to yeah. lift her up. Um, but I also found out that the the screams, like as she's being lifted up, those are those are Emma Stone's real screams, but not yes. her actual body. Right. Because they probably just they can keep the audio. They just, just can't. You just can't see her face. That's all. But I I do want to like. I feel like we didn't really talk about the dirty dancing scene that that much. But I feel like this scene also kind of romanticized the idea of being lifted. Yes. And I mean, I've never had a man lift me like that, and I think that is really really hard. I think I would have to be a lot lighter. Slash, the man would have to be a lot stronger, upper body strength. I'll just speak for me. This did not really romanticize being lifted. I will say I have heard from other people because I haven't done this, but there are like, I know it's like some like bigger dudes who say that like, yeah, there are some girls who like you lift them up and they're like all over you after that, because I guess it's like <laughs> a symbol of like, Oh, he's like super strong. And it's yeah. that like, like it's like that feeling of like flying or whatever. But I know I also have like female friends who told me it's like, oh yeah, and he picked me up and it was like amazing. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like I don't really get it, but okay. <laughs> sure. I think I can understand it. Like the this feeling of feeling really light in one's arms. Yes. Um, that I understand, but I don't feel the need to be literally lifted above someone's head. I think I would be scared. Right. You might attack somebody like a possum falling from a tree. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I understand her fear. I don't want to fall and hurt myself or hurt the the person who's lifting me. But I do understand like wanting to be held and lifted and I don't know, cuddled or cradled or whatever to right. make you feel small. Like that I get. I guess. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if it does it for you, sure, I guess. But it's <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> but I also like how Hannah calls him out. She's like, that works. And he's like, and he's just like, I don't know. It just works every time. <laughs> so funny and it clearly i mean yeah it did some magic on her also yes but i'm sure the abs helped oh yeah the photoshopped abs (laughs) he's so like tan too in that scene yeah when i first saw that like when she mentioned she's like oh you're you're like you're photoshopped i was like is he because it kind of also does look yeah because it's almost like too tanned on like Mm. the like for the definition so it almost it just it looks weird but yeah I don't think he was photo. I think those are his real abs. No, they I are think. real. I know they're real, but it's just, I can understand like her comment, I think is funny because it's like, it, it's spot on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the tan, like him being so tan also adds to the def- definition of the abs. Right. For sure. But it's almost like too tanned. Where you're <laughs> it like, is a little okay. too tan. It's unnatural. You can tell like yes. it's, that's not his na- be, normal That's skin the kind tone. of like thing you'd expect on like a Ken doll, which is perfect for him, I guess. Oh yeah. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. 
And then the final trivia point I have, and I forget if I mentioned it already, is that this is the feature film debut of Josh Groban. I know, which is weird. And he he plays that sort of like dorky character well. Yeah, I love I love it so good. Did you uncover any other uh, trivia points? Oh, I mean, it's just me being a super nerd again and just like pointing out all the people oh, who yeah. have been in comic book things. Because mm-hmm. like Emma Stone obviously was Gwen Stacy in like the Spider-Man movies. And then Marissa Tomei was also in the recent Spider-Man trilogy because she was Aunt May. Mm-hmm. And then like the sort of like more of a stretch things because these are not Marvel related. But like Julianne Moore was in Kingsman, which is technically based on a comic. Mm. Uh, Kevin Bacon was in R.I.P.D., which was also based on a comic. Okay. And then Joey King was on The Flash, but that was the TV show The Flash. Oh my gosh, I forgot to mention Joey King. Yes, a very young Joey King. <laughs> a very young Joey King. She plays the sister, the youngest sister, yes. Hannah and Robbie's youngest sister, which she's adorable, you know, and now we know her as like a young, I don't know, like a woman, like in her 20s. I don't know if I would consider her a woman. She's like, she still seems very young to me. <laughs> exactly. But that's why I'm like, she is a woman. We should call her that. But uh, yeah, I feel like. They could have used her more, but also, like, she's just such a small part in this movie. Yeah. She had a bigger role in The Flash when she was on that episode. <laughs> I haven't seen The Flash, so, okay. It's okay. It hasn't been as good recently. Just stick to, like, the first four seasons, and that's all you need. Got it. Got it. Good to know. Um, but I think that's all I have. Do you have anything else to add before we wrap it up? Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling forever. I think they should have ended up together, which is very, mm. like, fangirl of me, but I just, their chemistry is crazy. I just think it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think also, like, we as an audience, like, love it. Hence, two other movies yeah. were made with them. And, like, La La Land was, like, the biggest hit a few yeah. years ago. So, yeah. But it's also interesting because they play, like, their relationship dynamics in all three movies are also kind of different. I guess in La La Land, it's kind of similar to the way this one is, sort of. Um, mm. But, yeah, Gangster Squad, it's, like, very different because she's, I mean, she's still like a strong personality and she's not completely damsel in distress, but it's a lot more sort of like flirtatious in like a traditional sense in that movie. I think I've seen Gangster Squad and I don't remember. I think I remember walking away from that movie being like, eh, it was okay. Yeah. That movie did not live up to the promise of what it could have been considering the cast and the premise. I'm rooting for another movie of Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling for sure. I'm sure it'll happen. Hopefully. All right. I think we can wrap it up. Thanks so much for doing this, John. Thank you. Happy to do it. Thank you to all tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly. Please give us a follow on Instagram at Romcom Weekly and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And let us know what you think of Crazy Stupid Love. What would you rate this on a scale from one to 10? We'll chat with you again next week. Bye. (laughs) 